0: Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today I'm really excited that I get to be here with Gail Armadas, who is a life coach, speaker, and author of multiple books, but the one that we're gonna be focusing most on today is called Your Heart Song Journey, Discovering and Living Your Inspired Dream and God-Designed Purpose. Gail, thank you for joining us on the podcast today.
1: Oh, thank you, Jamie. I am honored and excited to be here. I appreciate it. Well, we got to
0: talk a little bit. I I feel bad that we got some chit chat done ahead of the actual recording because some of the, you know, some of the details were lost on our audience now, but so you're in Texas and um, tell us a little bit about your ministry, your life coaching and what you do on a day to day.
1: Okay, well, I am a life coach, and I come from a christ centered and uh, life purpose perspective. I was trained by Dr. Katie Brazelton who um, who was also my mentor and life coach and this was her passion. She worked with Rick Warren at Saddleback Church for years and So, uh, but what I do is I work with women who uh, are stuck and not sure what to do next or have feelings of knowing they're meant for more but aren't sure what. Um, Maybe a bit of emptiness and uh, discouragement or disappointment in the life that they're living, although everything around them uh, would say to some observer that, gosh, she should be really, really happy, <laughs> you know, but deep down inside there's something lacking.
0: Do you feel like that is kind of an epidemic? I mean, I just think about that. I think that sounds like everybody, you know, I mean, that sounds like almost every woman at some point. And I mean, do you feel like that kind of stuckness and lack of vision and purpose is a epidemic in women today.
1: Well, I uh, would agree uh, and say, yes, Uh, at some point all of us uh, go to that uh, place and uh, we don't know how to uh, pull ourselves out of it. And that's what a good life coach does uh, is to, walk alongside women and help draw out what seems to be covered up, you know, with all the things that uh, we feel like we have to do, or we're busy doing, or we've chosen to do, uh, but that get in the way of who we really are, and where we're really meant to go.
0: Yeah, I almost feel like being in our modern world today with so many options, you can learn about just about anything. You, there are opportunities everywhere. Um, it almost feels like it's too much and like it dilutes God's purpose because we do have so many opportunities in front of us. I mean, at least I know that that can be true for me when I am faced with so many options and possibilities. I just feel like it's, it's hard if I'm not intentional about seeking more about what, what God has designed me to do or, or looking into God, what are you calling me to do? It can Mm -hmm. be overwhelming and you can just settle for what's in front of you, whatever that looks like, rather than being intentional. Do you see that sometimes in the women that you're coaching, or what would you say is the number one thing that prevents women from recognizing their calling or callings? Oh, gee.
1: Well, uh, I think a key word that you, you've mentioned is intentional. Our intentionality gets uh, lost uh, along the way sometimes. And uh, we get as you say, overwhelmed with so many things going on and misdirected and misguided by them. And sometimes even just feeling smothered by them. But I, I don't know if I could <laughs> pick a number one thing. There are so many things that can get in the way. But the the key to it all really is uh, for Christian women, our relationship with Christ, That that is the key. And uh, what I've discovered along my way that we do have to be so intentional. and uh, I think so many people think that we're supposed to just go with the flow, which I guess that can have different meanings, but let's go with God's flow <laughs> for us. Mm-hmm. I think also we're taught uh, that there are so many options out there and you know you can do, anything that you set your mind to. Well, for Christian women, it's let's set our mind on what God has for us to do. Instead of all these things that are calling our name, we have to be able to hone down how God made us, who we are in him, and the path that he has for us, the that, and that includes a lot of things, like the roles and responsibilities that he places before us. And, you know, but, but choosing them always uh, from what I've learned and experienced and seen with other women is it just always goes back to uh, our relationship with the Lord, I think that's
0: such an important distinction that you make because I think what we hear even from Christian leaders and influencers a lot today is you can do anything that you put your mind to. And I think there is a really important distinction between seeking, you know, to do whatever you put your mind to and and that desire I think that God has for us to seek what he wants us to put our mind to. And, and that's a partnership. And that's um, I think that's an important distinction because with all of the, you know, I think our um, like some of the self-help messages that we get can miss that component of mm-hmm. digging in there. And that's what I love about your book, your heart song journey is that it's kind of designed. Can you tell us a little bit about how that's structured and how it's designed to, help you partner with God and discovering what some of your purposes might be?
1: Uh, yes, I can. I'm trying to think the best place to start. Uh, I guess the beginning is always the best place, right? So uh, just maybe to say a little bit about how the book came about. Um, when I was a young girl, I, I, Uh, was preparing a newsletter with a girlfriend that lived across the street. We were going to, I think we were 10 years old. We were going to put together what we thought was a great idea. It was a newsletter that we were just going to hand out to people in our neighborhood. We probably had maybe three editions of it. And probably the only people that read it were our parents. But, But I remember when we were doing this, sitting at my dad's desk, thinking, this is fun. I like writing. Maybe someday I'll write a book. And that thought had never left me. It wasn't uh, a priority in my life. I, I wasn't uh, fawning to write a book uh, over the next couple of decades, but but it was a thought that just stayed with me. And uh, several years ago, when I was talking with my mentor Katie Brazelton, she was asking me about the dreams that I had for my life, and and as we explored that a little bit, I said, you know, I have, I've always thought that I'd write a book someday. I have no idea what it would be about, but I I think I'm supposed to write a book. And so we dug into that a little bit more, and that turned out to be your heart's long journey. So I say that to say that God, God plants within us a, a seed of ideas, and I, I refer to it as uh, these ideas as our dreams being written on our hearts. I believe that he creates us with these dreams and his purpose in mind. And he fashions us in such a way that we're uh, we're preparing, he's preparing us, and we're uh, instilled with the gifts and we gain the talents to move forward in, in where he's calling us. Uh, so that's kind of how this book came about, and the contents of the book have everything to do with my own struggle over uh, most of my life to answer the questions: Why am I here, and what difference do I make? And so, God, God has answered that question for me, but that that began when I was a young teen. That question in my mind, and so. My heart's cry, uh, the purpose for which I believe God's got me here on earth is to share um, a particular message, and the message is that you're good enough and loved no matter what, that you can break through what's holding you back, and that God has a dream and a purpose that he's written on your heart, and his desire is that you fulfill it according to his plan. And the only way we can do all this is through our relationship with Christ. So it all goes back to uh, deepening uh, our, uh, our love for the Lord. Did that answer your question?
0: (laughs) That was great. Yes, that definitely did. And, um, you know, I love that the inspiration for the book came from you answering wanting to answer a question in your own life and then being able to do that and then being able to share that with other people um what would you say that if you could pick one thing that you hope that women would come away with after reading your book what would you what would you want them to come away with
1: Mm. well uh there's a lot of things that I that I'd hope they'd come away with, but I guess I I have to keep going back uh, to uh, developing a more intimate relationship with Christ, and mm-hmm. and I I use a lot of scriptural references in this book to get to get this point across because uh, in our relationship with Jesus it is where we find our true identity, and through that is how we mm-hmm. receive the power to move into our purpose and and live it out. Uh, so I guess the first step, and I'll go to this point is that the message that I mentioned to you a few minutes ago, that is the uh, basis for this book. Uh, those three points are the pillars of the book and I refer to them as steps in the book. And so the first step is uh, coming to know our true identity and the only way we can do that is through Jesus and uh, and accepting him as our Lord and Savior because <laughs> in our uh, world today the word identity gets used a lot and there's so much confusion about who we are and uh, it it causes, us to then wonder whats what it is we're supposed to do. If I'm this person, then maybe I'm supposed to do that. And if I'm this other person, then maybe I go this other way. Well, the truth of the matter is uh, when we accept Christ as our Savior, we're a child of God. And uh, so that is the basis of our identity, and everything comes from that. And uh, then everything not everything, nobody can know everything about God, but, but life begins to make more sense when you know who you are and whose you are. Then when things don't go the way that we expect or hope or thought God told us they were going to go, then uh, we can always uh, come back to the place of knowing that we through the blood of Christ, our God's child. And uh, we can embrace that. And we can embrace the beauty of how he made us uh, because he, we're his idea. And he created us to glorify him in a particular way. You know, you and I, we have uh, different fingerprints. I don't, I don't think that was a surprise to God. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. to me, when he gave us evidence that we are different from one another and our God doesn't do anything uh, without purpose. And so there's a reason for that. And to me, it's just flat out telling us, look, I I made you this way. And um, I have I have important work for you to do. You are to be an influence for my kingdom.
0: That is great. And, um, you know, when you talk about that purpose and living it out, you call it, well, uh, you, your book is called heart song. So I'm guessing you're calling that like living out that purpose hearts, uh, your heart song. What would you, how would you define that word? And how did you come up with that?
1: you know, I, that I, I'm, I have nothing to base that word on, <laughs> except that it just came to my mind when I was, when I was contemplating what, what, uh, name to come up with. And it seemed beautiful. I, I love music. Music is, uh, something that God has given me to enjoy. It's, it's uh, part of our family inheritance, really. And, you know, I've been a part of choirs and, and worship teams and been able to have the privilege of encouraging people, uh, to worship through song. So song, the part about the song seemed very natural to me. And I do believe that God has written a dream and a purpose on our heart, uh, long before we were born he knew what uh what we were going to be like he, like i said we we're his idea and so what heart song is to me is the combination of our inspired dream and god designed purpose
0: oh i love that so a combination of our inspired dream and god designed purpose so it's kind of that okay whatever it, just digging deep to discover what, what makes you light up and then looking to God for, you know, what is, what is the purpose that you've created me for and how do those work together? So in, um, I don't remember if it was a blog post or if it was on your website that I read that you talk about your sweet spot and in, in serving God and in living out your life, what does that look like? And, and, in, in everyday life, what could that
1: look at look like? Uh, well, you, uh, first, uh, it looks like, it looks like it fits. It looks like a glove that you put on your hand and mm. and it fits. And I'm not saying that there isn't a growing process that takes place to, to make sure that it fits. Right. But, Uh, it it fits and you know that you're in your sweet spot I think maybe Max Lucado coined that term I'm not sure but but it's as you said it's where you shine it's where you you know you feel plugged in it's where you're walking in tandem with the lord and you know that he's with you and leading you and i don't want to give the impression that uh living your heart song is a is an easy thing to do because it's not always and but what what brings the joy is that you know that you're doing the work that god is calling you to in whatever form that might take and it's so different for each individual because we bring different attributes uh, with our personalities and with our experiences and all these things that God uses to make us who we are to fulfill his uh, purpose in our lives. So it's, it's a place of joy and it's a place of knowing, I guess I would have to say.
0: So when you... um. When you talk about finding that, because not everyone has probably experienced that. I'm guessing a lot of a lot of people have experienced that, at least at some point in their life, where they're doing something and they realize, wow, I, I'm good at this, or this this feels right. This feels like something I'm um, that, that maybe I was designed to do, or I have gifts to be able to act that out. But what would you say to someone who just doesn't have a clue at all and has never felt that way? doesn't really know has just a lot of ideas but maybe no real direction um, what would you say is step one mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. well step one um, is and, and as I outlined in the book is coming to know your true identity again and uh, kind of dwelling in that place not just for a minute because you know as Christian women we can sit in a pew and we can hear a sermon and we can uh, do our devotions and we can listen to the words. You're a child of God. Uh, You're beloved, but uh, living that out is, uh, is different than just hearing it and saying, you know, it Um, and it, it sometimes can take time. Sometimes God can reveal things to us in a moment. And, but, but what we have to do is we always have to go back to our true identity. And, you know, living in this world, and this, I guess, would go to step two in my book, which is overcoming obstacles mm-hmm. uh, to uh, moving forward. Uh, this is this is the challenging piece of living your heart song. It's uh, becoming more clear on how you're relating to Christ. Uh, How are you living your life? You know, constantly, God is calling us forward and he's uh, asking us, to become and and accept the transformation that he's offering through Christ to become more like Christ. And what that means for us is change. And, you know, maybe I'm the only one, but, but I'm thinking not. <laughs> that change can be challenging. Change can be painful and change can be difficult. But Through my experience with God, every change that that I've agreed to make with him has been just overwhelmingly uh, satisfying and uh, adds another layer of completeness to me. It's hard to let go of things that we've treasured so much. But, you know, God does not uh, abide by uh, idolatry and in anything that we put in front of him in our lives. And it's so easy to do today. I wouldn't you agree that that it's so easy to uh, put things ahead of him. And so, again, this is where the intentionality comes in. We have to be intentional to take stock of where we uh, our values are and where our priorities are and that's part of what we walk through in the book too is is deciphering down truly where you want to live your life according to your values and how you are going to prioritize uh, within those values because if we're living out of sync with God in that area then uh That's one of the first things we need to get realigned.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know. There are, I think that's why it's so important. You talk about the importance of being open as you're, I think maybe in your introduction or something where you talk about it's important to go into this journey, being open to God, revealing things. And sometimes the things that God reveals to us are counterintuitive. I don't think they're always, you know, we kind of think, oh well, I, I don't know. I mean, I personally I sometimes create stories about myself that might not be true. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm this kind of a person. I'm not that kind of a person, or I'm good at this. I've never really been good at this, but there have actually been things that God has shown me over the years that I'm good at that I never thought that I had been that that I would have been good at because I never really tried, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. so what, how important do you think prayer is and meditation in discovering our inspired dreams and our God designed purposes? And what does that look like? Because it's kind of hard sometimes to talk about a conversation with God when he's invisible and when you can't hear his audible voice, at least most of the time. And so what, overall what how would you describe that interaction with god t- to receive wisdom and to receive these maybe surprising insights about ourselves and to realign our priorities based on his
1: mm, yeah good question uh prayer and meditation um i i would say especially praying scripture and meditating on scripture mm. uh is very important to discovering God's purpose in our lives uh, you know how how can we know if we don't ask or if we don't listen or if we don't expect an answer uh, and we know he answers prayer prayer that aligns with his will and prayer that comes from right motivations and uh, so praying scripture is one way that we can quickly come to alignment and receive his answers. And, you know, I'm one that likes to read scripture. I read scripture every morning and I write down the pieces of scripture that seem to resonate with me as I'm reading it. And then I'll go back and uh, underline key words that really pop out to me. So I'm really trying to uh, distill down what God's message is in in the scripture for me and then I'll go back and I'll pray a prayer based on what I believe he's been teaching me through that scripture now that takes some time and I haven't always done my what I guess I would call my devotion time that way um, you know it was more about reading scripture saying a prayer or reading uh, a devotion from somebody else's book. And, um, then, you know, thanking God and being on my way, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, earnest prayer, I guess the, the key word here might be earnest, earnest prayer, prayer from the heart, uh, takes, takes some time and it takes consideration and it takes really, craving to hear from the Lord. He knows, he knows what's on our mind before we do. He knows what's on our heart before we do. And, uh, so he, he wants us to come to him. He wants us to ask questions about, Mm -hmm. about what we're learning in his word or what he was teaching us through a particular experience or ask him why it's so hard or what do I need to change or, um, What is the opportunity that you're giving here, here, Lord? What, you know, all these kinds of questions. He wants to answer these questions. Uh, And, you know, Jesus did that all the way through uh, his ministry. He taught by answering and asking questions. And so that helps us to ruminate, I think, on his word and let it sink into our heart and and, uh, you know, I'm, I don't think that there's ever a time I haven't asked for a word from God that I haven't received it. It might not have been at that moment, and it might, might have been at a time when I wasn't expecting it, but uh, he's, he's good to honor his word.
0: Well, I, and I think that kind of answers the question I was going to ask you next, which is if someone goes to God looking for guidance, looking for wisdom and, and is met with silence, what to do, but what you said is so perfect. And I think so important is being in the word of God, because I think that we sometimes separate prayer and scripture in Mm -hmm. a way where we think we can go to God and ask him a question and just leave our mind blank and, somehow an answer is going to come into it. And I have, I'm trying to think if there's ever been a time, well, there've been a couple of times where I've, where I've asked God a question and I've had an impression or I've had something that I think is an answer that I've had to then go and and verify with scripture or ask for confirmation for. But I think it can be a dangerous thing to try and just say, okay, God, show me, you know, tell me what to do next. And, Assume that the very next thought that pops into your head is God's thought. I think scripture is so key. And if we're doing what you're describing, which is taking time to read scripture and not just read it to read it and to check that off the box, but to read it with the idea that this is God's word to us. It's living and active and it's applicable to me today no matter what it is, it, it's applicable to me today and God has something to teach me from it. And I think that's just, that's, that's so important. Um, and like you said, I don't think if you ask God going into that scripture time to reveal truth, I, I don't know that you'll come away without something.
1: Right. Uh, and, and part of that is our responsibility is to be expecting uh to come away with the truth that we just asked to receive you know another yeah. piece of that too Danny i think is that uh sometimes we think we're waiting on him and um actually he's waiting on us it's the other way around
0: oh mm, that's good
1: uh, and so the way that we break through is to spend the time seeking more of jesus and his will and his ways in scripture and asking ourselves the hard questions and then when he does give us an answer to obey and you know i know people don't like that word obey and you know i i i get that right <laughs> but but it's part of following and it's it's uh, obeying because god loved us so much that we love him so much in return that we want to go where he's calling us we want to change uh, what he's asking us to change. And, and the, the, the insight about change is that it opens up opportunity for us when, when we're holding on to something that, that isn't good for us or isn't meant for us, then we're blocking what in fact is best for us. Uh, and God knows what that is. And so when he's asking us to change or let go of something, uh, then, then it's for our good. And because we have a good God and, you know, and he knows what timing is best for us too. I, and th- and that's one important piece too. And I, and I've learned that uh, while I used to think I was a very patient person, I have come to find out that that more often than not, wasn't true. <laughs> so he um, taught me well about, about that and that his timing matters, you know? And if, if there's something that I know that I'm meant to uh, do and I want to do it now and it doesn't happen, then his timing is best and I have to rest in that. And, you know, we we just have to learn to put our burdens down to give them to us. He's constantly calling us to him to release the burden, you know, and uh, he's already taken it on for himself. He's already given the freedom of the burdens uh, to us. We just have to walk in that freedom. And that, you know, I used to think that sounds kind of (laughs) hokey, but it's so true. If he proved it on the cross, he proved his love for us on the cross and there is nothing that, uh, has to keep us from living that life of love, the, the, purposeful, intentional, loving life that he called us to nothing has to get in the way of that because he's, he's already said that it, that it doesn't, he's already destroyed all that, but we keep wanting to, uh, believe something else, believe the lies that we are burdened with these things. And so that's a whole, uh, topic that I, that I talk about in the book too, is, uh, mindset and thought life. And that's a, that's a big, uh, piece of uh, what I do when I work with women. I can't think of a woman I, I've worked with yet that hasn't uh, been trapped by lies she's believing in one form or another.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, yeah, I, I think our, our thought lives can create a false reality that sometimes gets to the point where divine intervention is the only thing (laughs) that can break us free from that. I mean, I've experienced that in my own life where I just have this perception of something and, and God comes in and says that you've, you've built this house of cards. This is not how it is. You need to get back to truth. And that's hard. That's hard work. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't always come easily, but you know, thank God we have God. (laughs)
1: Right. And, but that's where the intentionality comes in again. You know, uh, we're taught to, to take every thought captive to Christ. Mm-hmm. And well, we can't take the thought captive if we don't pay attention to what thoughts we're having. So, so we have to start paying attention to what we're paying attention to. Right. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then noticing, well, that thought, that's a lie. That's, that's, uh, Satan, you know, judging me, he's pointing his finger in my chest. He's the great accuser. He is the the liar of all liars. And, and, you know, when we think thoughts that are just totally opposed to our true identity, and that's, again, why we have to go back to our true identity all the time, then we, there's something we can do about it, you know, because God has already defeated Satan and his lies, and we don't have to believe those things. Now, when we believe them long enough, we create a pathway uh, in our brain that that always wants to go that way because it's well-worn, so it it takes, uh, like you said, work and intentionality to overcome those thoughts, and it is a process, uh, you know. One key word that I see in scripture all the time is learn. Uh, I've learned to be content. You know, as Paul Mm -hmm. says, we want everything to be instantaneous and some things are by the grace of God, but most lessons are learned lessons, right? Which Mm -hmm. means uh, they generally uh, take repetition. It's like building a new muscle, and uh, you have to do your reps, and so we 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 just have to keep going back to what's truth, and the way we know truth is by getting into the word.
0: Yeah, and I and understanding some of those truths about ourselves. I mean, I think one of the things, as women especially, with all of the comparison that we tend to do, I think we are. Tempted to believe that we should look like someone we admire in every way. And we see someone that we think is a great Christian or a great X, Y, or Z, whatever thing you aspire to be mom, wife, ministry person, whatever it is. And we feel like if we're different from that person that we hold up as good, which, I mean, it's good to have role models. You've talked about having a mentor. I mean, we need role models. We need to help each other. But when we put ourselves in a box and try to squeeze ourselves into this mold of what we think we should look like, I think we're missing what God has created us to be like. And, and we believe the lie that the way that God made us isn't good enough because it's not like that other person. Do you see that as a barrier to women embracing their purposes is, is believing that they're not enough because of things that they perceive as weaknesses that could actually be strengths?
1: Yes. Yes. And uh, to use your word comparison, that is just, uh, just a destroyer of uh, who we as individuals are meant to be. You know, uh, we, we, we've talked so much about identity. We've talked about, you know, looking at our fingerprints to know that we were meant to be different one from another. And, but the world constantly calls us to compete and compare. And uh, it can be very detrimental to growth, to spiritual growth and to personal growth. And we can get stuck in those comparisons. And then it it can also create things like envy and jealousy and, uh, you know, broken relationships and anger and hatred. I mean, you know, comparison stirs up a lot of uh, things. And that's not I mean, if we're going to compare ourselves to someone, let's compare ourselves to Jesus and, uh, you know, assume the the humble position that we're meant to to be in with him, you know, (laughs) but let's not compare ourselves to our neighbors. And boy, I you know, I've done my share of that in my lifetime, so I know what I'm talking about. And uh, it, it took some training from God to uh, move out of those kinds of uh, uh, situations that, that I would put myself in where I would be comparing and be hurt and uh, be resentful. Uh, And resentful at God because I didn't have or I wasn't doing or I wasn't being what I thought um, I should have, do or be, you know, and God, God gets the final say on that. And he didn't make us alike. And uh, we need to look at it as what is it to us if he has something for this other person to do. And he has something else for us to do. Why wouldn't we want to do the thing that God has made us to do rather than envy what somebody else is doing or has, you know, all these things that we collect here on earth, you know, we're not going to get to take them with us when we go. Right. (laughs) So, so uh, God is constantly pointing us to to our being. And, you know, I've discovered that that's how he works is he works from the inside out. And so that's why the second step of the book is there. And, and it's a character building step of the book, because that's, that's what God does. He's constantly calling us forward in Christ like character. And, uh, and that's, that means getting rid of some of the other things that are taking his place, right? Mm -hmm. And we talked already a little bit about how difficult it is to let some of those things go, and it can be painful, and sometimes we don't want to do it. But when our life in the world becomes painful enough, we'll be willing to risk grabbing the hand of Jesus or falling down on our knees, whatever, whatever, works for us where we are, uh, that's when the transformation starts taking place. We come to a a place where it's just, change has to happen. Change has to happen. And it's a risk, but the walking into God's dream and purpose for our lives is so much better than what we would have otherwise imagined for ourselves our dreams have to be his dreams for us not our uh dreams that 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 the world has said are available to us there's so much beyond that when we when we do life with jesus and when we want to know him so much that the work that we do flows from him through us. We don't want it to be about us anymore. We want so much for it to be about him.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, the enemy, that's such a, an effective tool that the enemy can use to deceive us into not seeing the joy that we could get by living in the purpose God has for us, Mm -hmm. which might involve shedding some of the things that we think are good and, and, and not, not moving forward and walking in his best and really experiencing that sweet spot and that joy that, yeah. Well, I'm really excited for our listeners to get to read your book and experience some of this transformation firsthand and and I love all of the scripture that you use in it it's just it's an amazing book so I'm I'm really excited to share this I'd love for you we're running out of time it went really fast but I I would love for you to have some time to just talk about um, just a couple of the other resources and books that you have and where listeners can find you and find your book books okay
1: yeah thanks Jamie yeah well this is this is this book Your Heart Song Journey is my heart song and so if you if anyone is going to seek out a book of mine then this would be the one to get but I did recently uh, finish up and and just published a couple of ebooks that are more short stories one is called No Shame and it's a look into what guilt and shame are and how that uh, through Christ, we don't have to hide uh, behind the shame we may feel. And uh, what, what experiences people have that bring about shame and how we might respond to those shame experiences. And, and I know I've had mine, and I, I reveal some of that in this book. It's a, like I said, it's an e- ebook but it's available on Amazon uh, along with the other books and then the other ebook is just a short little book about life application uh, tips uh, that are inspired from our 13 year old golden doodle bow so <laughs> if you were to plug my name into Amazon uh, Gail Armadis that's G-A-I-L and the last name is A-R-M a T Y S. Then you'd see all three of the books there. And uh, but uh, the book about about Bo is just uh, it's fun, it's light, it's inspirational, and it's for kids and adults alike. And there are life application tips in there that I think um, go a long way to help us as we go through our day. But more than anything, I just want to say that my passion is for for women to truly know that they are loved no matter what and that through Christ they can break through whatever is holding them back and that he does have a dream and a purpose for each one of us and we're meant to live it and you know I guess I'd end with the word intentionality you know we just we have to be intentional about our relationship with Christ so we can move forward with him. It's like anything else. We, you know, any relationship that we have, we have to work at it. And our relationship with Jesus is no different. We have to make time to be with Him.
0: Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Gail. And you know, I realized after um, after getting. All the way to here, I never asked our just for fun question. So, what is your favorite prayer closet before we close
1: in prayer? Oh, okay, okay. Well, I have a room that I use most mornings. Uh, we call it the piano room because there's a piano in it, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's room for me to get down on my knees. and And I go there in the morning. But my favorite place is outside in nature. I love to be outdoors. I, I uh, think the cardinals are a special gift to me from God. They remind me of his presence. And I have a special Wren that I, I'm not sure if it's a, a Carolina Wren or or what it is, but uh, when I hear his song, it sounds like he's singing, he's here, he's here, he's here. So, uh, you know, that is my favorite place to go and, and pray. But thanks for asking. <laughs> Yeah, well, we I usually
0: begin with that question, and I just I don't know I skipped right over and got into the nitty gritty. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot to talk about, and if people want um, any additional tools or insight, or interested in working with me, they can go to my website at gailarmadas dot com, and I'm at uh, in, on Instagram and Facebook as well at gailarmadas, and so. I'm, I'm out there.
0: All right. Well, we will, and we'll link to your website and make sure that we tag you in all of our posts for the interview too. So people can find you that way.
1: Thank you. All right. Well, how I'm going to close in prayer. How can we pray for you today, Gail? I would just, uh, well, first of all, thank you for asking. And I I think just that I would continue in my uh, drawing near, to the Lord so I can, uh, walk with him to fulfill his calling on my life.
0: All right. We will pray for that. God, we just thank you for this time to just focus on this whole idea of discovering our heart song and living in the sweet spot of what you've called us to do. God, I just, we, we just come together and lift up anyone listening right now, who doubts that you love them? Who doubts that they're valuable and beautiful? And who doubts that you have a purpose for their life? We we just pray, God, that you would bring confidence and um, just assurance that they are dearly loved, and that they have been created very specifically for your purposes, and especially for the woman who believes that that she was a mistake, that parts of her were were created by mistake or that she's not enough. God, I just pray that you would provide wholeness and just a feeling of of being loved that's that's wrapped around her like a blanket. We pray for healing and restoration. Lord, I just lift up Gail to you and thank you for her message, for her passion for getting this message across to women, that they are dearly loved, that they have been called to a purpose and that it's possible to figure it out. I think so many times we forget that you speak to us through your word, through prayer. And we just pray God that you would open doors for Gail to get that message across to more women than she could ever imagine. We pray that you would help her just in all of the things that she has to do to minister to others, that you would give her that time with you, that she would always prioritize that, and that that you would open the door of communication to her, that she would draw closer and closer to you as she ministers to more women, and that you would keep her tightly in your grip and, and closely connected to you, and that you would direct her step by step by step, and if she strays even a step away, God, that you would bring her right back to your purpose. I just pray that you would give her vision for her ministry, for her work, for books and writing, and that you would just anoint every word with your Holy Spirit and that it would go out and cause women to just find victory in walking in their purpose. And I just pray for Gail and and just for every aspect of her life that you would bless her and her home in Jesus name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so much.